Hi, this is Bill Crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. I wanted to tell you about a new program I've begun with the Foundation for Constitutional Government. It's called Conversations, and I invite leading figures in American political and intellectual life for in-depth discussions. Recent ones we've had include Vice President Dick Cheney, General Jack Keane, and Peter Thiel. You can find these and all the conversations online at our website, which is conversationswithbillcrystal.org. They're also available on YouTube and on iTunes. So if you register at the website, conversationswithbillcrystal.org, we'll send you emails to alert you to the new ones we add every two weeks. I think you'll enjoy them. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Joining us Thanksgiving weekend is Bill Crystal with the Weekly Standard. Bill, how was your Thanksgiving? It was excellent, Michael. I, uh, family and food and uh, a couple of thoughts for a thanks for our great country and for those uh, deployed overseas, especially protecting us. So really a wonderful uh, day yesterday and a nice weekend. Uh, how about you? Well, it was great, but I was disappointed that they played the Harvard-Yale game a week earlier. It would have been much better than anything I saw on my TV yesterday. There were some pretty bad football games yesterday. I was struck by that, yeah. But how yeah. about Harvard? So Harvard? I mean, what yeah, the well, heck? Harvard, undefeated huge, Harvard? Undefeated, undefeated, almost, almost blew at the L there at Harvard, uh, <laughs> at Harvard Stadium last Saturday, but hung on. And MIT right down the street there in Cambridge is undefeated, and I think playing its uh, second-round playoff game Saturday this weekend. So Harvard and MIT, they may not be doing much uh, uh, other good stuff for the country between Jonathan Gruber and uh, Adam, the MIT economics professor who... Uh, of course, famously uh, misled, you might say, the country about Obamacare and President Obama himself, a Harvard Law graduate. I'm not sure we have much to be proud of uh, those of us who went to either Harvard or MIT, but at least the football teams are doing okay. Well, I don't know. Elizabeth Warren is doing pretty well, too. Uh, some interesting uh, conversations about the future of the Democratic Party after the midterm elections, and, uh, and in particular with the backdrop of a uh, President Obama, who seems to have no concern whatsoever for the party's well-being once he leaves. Uh, what about this divide that Chuck Schumer pointed at with his comments about doing Obamacare when they did it was a mistake? Yes, Schumer gave a speech trying I think, to liberate, really, the, the Senate Democrats and the Democrats in general from President Obama and recognizing reality, which is what's the point of sticking with him anymore. He was promptly attacked kind of bitterly on Twitter by various, uh, I guess beyond Twitter too, by various, uh, you know, former Obama aides who were loyal to, the, to their boss. And it was an interesting divide, I think. I, mean, I think there is a Democratic Party beyond Obama, and it's those Democrats are trying to figure out their future. But President Obama has done them a lot of damage, and since not just before the election, but since the election, uh, with the immigration executive order, uh, with, I think, the recent uh, EPA, you know, regulation, the most expensive regulation in American history, uh, any attempt to get back, reach out to working-class, middle-class Americans, I think he's just made it more difficult. Uh, I'm looking at the prospect uh, in the next two years of two or th maybe three Supreme Court decisions going against the White House in big ways. You've got the Obamacare state uh, uh, versus federal issue. You've got the EPA uh, and the other regulations that are scheduled to go before the Supreme Court. So you could have, uh, Bill, in 2016, a presidency that is essentially unraveling, virtually no legacy left behind if, in fact, Obamacare's exchanges uh, uh, fail, and the Democrats have to run for president that way. Is Hillary Clinton the woman who can lift the party past the Obama era, or is she permanently entrenched in it as the former Secretary of State? You know, every Democrat I know tells me Hillary's going to be the nominee. She's acceptable to the whole party. She's got the establishment with her. First woman president, uh, next in line. 
Uh, maybe, maybe. I guess you'd have to bet on it more than 50-50. But I just look at the polls. She was in the mid-60s about three, four, five months ago against all the other Democrats in the primary matchup. Now she's, I think, 57% in the last one I saw. If some plausible progressive runs, I'd say six months from now, mid-2015, she'll be at 40 42% in these matchups. And suddenly Evan will wake up and say, geez, you know, she's not that much more ahead of Elizabeth Warren or Jim Webb or whoever's running against her. Then she was ahead of Obama in, at this time in 2007. So I, I really think she's much more vulnerable than people think. Uh, there's this big Democratic rebellion going on on the Hill against President Obama's nominee for one of the uh, senior positions of Treasury, a big Wall Street type. It shows how deep I think the populist strains in the Democratic Party are. It's only I think Republicans should join that rebellion because he's also very friendly to the big banks and not to the community bankers. They're opposed to him. It would be great for Republicans to join Elizabeth Warren or take the lead and let Elizabeth Warren join them in opposing a sort of Hillary uh, Obama, Wall Street Democrat type. So I think she's so vulnerable on those issues. Plus, she's kind of yesterday's story. Plus, she was part of the Obama administration. I, I really wonder if Elizabeth Warren isn't spending Thanksgiving thinking, you know, everyone keeps telling me I shouldn't run, I can't run, but really, this is my chance. And she believes in what she believes, presumably. Why shouldn't she take a shot at it? You know, the uh, argument that uh, Hillary people make is, the worse the shape, worse shape the party is in, the more you need Hillary, because she's the only person who can help a damaged party win. Whereas if you know President Obama were doing well and people were, felt good about Democrats and Republicans hadn't won, you know, two of the last three election cycles, then you could have a Elizabeth Warren because you'd have a big enough team. Is the success of the Republican Party going to make Hillary even more inevitable? That's a good question. I guess some people could argue it that way. She has her own brand, is the way uh, our, our, my colleague Jay Cost uh, put it uh, a few weeks ago when he was saying that maybe we're underestimating Hillary. Uh, she won't be dragged down by Obama. These people look at Hillary and they think Hillary, not Obama administration. So I take that point. I think that's a possible point. If she runs a good campaign, she could kind of reestablish her brand. On the other hand, I still think if you've got a failed administration, uh, you've lost big elections in 2010, 2014, a really disastrous foreign policy. I think turning the page with an Elizabeth Warren or James, Jim Webb or someone sort of un, kind of contrarian as a nominee might be a better bet for the Democrats, especially since the Republicans will nominate a next-generation candidate. But, you know, these things are very unpredictable. Uh, campaigns really matter. I think in 2016, in both parties, of course, the Republican Party, which is totally wide open in a way that... Republicans that just are, are very unused to. But even in the Democratic Party, what these candidates actually do, what they say on the stump, how good a campaign they run will really matter this time. So you see a next generation candidate for uh, the Republicans like uh, Mitt Romney or Jeb Bush? There you go, there you go, Michael. You know, I'm having a nice Thanksgiving here. I didn't really need to be reminded that that's the normal Republican inclination. I think this year, I was talking to someone who spent Abraham who you know, uh, uh, an old friend who's the former senator from Michigan, very shrewd political operative, about this just the other day. Repub we're so used to, as Republicans, the scenario where there's the establishment candidate, the Mitt Romney, the uh, Bob Dole, the Bush, whatever. Then a challenger, a bunch of challengers, most of them aren't really credible. One of them emerges, he hangs around for a while, he eventually loses. That's the scenario. We are very unused to the truly wide open seven candidate, nine candidate. Uh, race, governors, senators, former governors, former senators, all of them pretty credible, actually, or most of them pretty credible candidates. 
and it becomes very unpredictable who wins, and it really depends on all kinds of uh, sort of random events. You know, one guy wins in one primary by two points. I think the best model for thinking about the next couple of years for Republicans might be the Democrats in 76, where Carter, Udall, I can't remember, Fred Harris, I mean, Scoop Jackson and Humphreys and McGovern, sort, I think Jackson ran, I think Humphrey and McGovern got in, who had run, of course, before, got in late, uh, Jimmy Brown got in late, uh, Birch Bayh, there were all kinds of people running. As I recall, Carter beat Utah in Wisconsin, which was then an important primary, like 22 to 21 percent or something, which is key to him getting to each other. Even so, was contested until the very end. I think we could have one of these races where seven people stay in for a long time. They don't get out the way, you know, the way we're used to having the losing candidates kind of step aside. Uh, different states go in different directions. A lot of states are won with 26% of the vote or something. Truly unpredictable. I think it'll be fun. I think it could be healthy for the party. But I think it does mean it's really wide open in a way that we're not used to as Republicans. I just can't book by the Mitt Romney or Jeb Bush scenario. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, God knows I've been proved wrong enough before, but I just can't believe the party wants to go backwards in 2016. But it works so well for the Whigs. Why would we ruin a perfectly good <laughs> system, well, Bill? Yeah, Lincoln. It'd be nice to have a Lincoln. Lincoln was a one-term, you know, congressman, uh, had been a one-term congressman uh, a dozen years before, had lost his Senate race. Think about that. Of course, it was a different era. I understand that. But, and it was an unusual moment, even the Civil War, but had lost his Senate race in 1858. Uh, and then, you know, the nominee and the president in 1860. I don't think we'll quite go to that extreme of, you know, nominating someone like that. But I really do think it's it's the mood is going to be turbulent, uh, very interested in someone laying out a comprehensive agenda. I, I think you have to focus on all the issues. Voters are going to know that foreign policy is at stake, domestic policy, Obamacare and immigration are at stake, the Supreme Court is at stake. I don't think voters are going to want sort of a candidate who just focuses on one or two things. So I, I'm, I'm actually, I think we could have a very healthy competition among Republicans. And I'm, I actually think Democrats deserve a healthy competition, too. It would be kind of pathetic if they just rolled over for Hillary. Oh, no, I'm looking forward to that myself. I, 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 <laughs> Hillary's the kind of person who her husband could always find a way to win. She can always find a way to lose. One last thing that's completely off the subject, and yet it's too profound to let it go by, in my opinion, without asking you about it, Bill. Uh, Wall Street Journal reports today that Ayatollah Khomeini says of the Iranian negotiations, quote, the Americans need a deal a lot more than we do. As long as we're negotiating under that, uh, you know, plat with that approach, shouldn't we just end this thing right now? Because if we're going to have to negotiate from a position of need, we're going to lose by definition. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think we need a deal, but I think President Obama conveys that he wants a deal, certainly much more than the Iranians. I think Congress needs to step up. Uh, reimpose sanctions and increase the pressure on the Iranians. They clear that not, they're not going to accept the bad deal that we're and they were progressing towards, or endless extensions, which are in effect a bad deal, where the Iranians get to continue uh, progressing on their nuclear program and and the sanctions regime erodes. So this is a moment uh, for Congress to step up. Just think of the next couple of months, incidentally. Congress really should and might, I think, step up on Iran. It should step up on immigration. It's got to begin to dismantle Obamacare. It can do some things to restore our relationship with Israel. Uh, the amount of work the Republican Congress has to do, and I hope they really get about doing it aggressively over the next two, three months, is itself striking. So the, the, the turbulence, just the, the challenges, the number of issues on the front burners uh, over the next few months and the next two years is really striking. It should be an interesting 
couple of years in American politics, that's for sure. Absolutely. It was interesting catching up with you, Bill. Thanks so much for taking time on your Thanksgiving weekend. Hey, my pleasure. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Michael. Same to you, Bill. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.